0: Good afternoon to my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 47 of the Apping Yankees podcast, where we app about the Yanks, and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this Sunday, May 17th, 2020. Now let's get things started by, as always, giving our shout-out to the Team Left Jab United Radio Network, as well as Grunt Talks MLB. First up, as always, Team Left Jab. They feature Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored and, of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Be sure to go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms at Team Left Jab and check out their great sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, you name it, the list goes on. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab, guys. And our other shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Be sure to visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and go to the podcast section to see where they feature yapping yankees you'll also want to follow the man behind the website darren on twitter at yankeesreport 28 special thanks to darren and grunt talks mlb for joining in on the growth of yapping yankees another week has passed and another week has arrived guys another purgatory episode of yapping yankees in these dangerous and definitely frustrating times but as always we've got a fun episode ahead but before we dive right into it today i did want to wish my mother a happy early birthday Her birthday's on Tuesday, and I wanted to acknowledge it before we got going today. And mom, don't worry, I'm not gonna say how old you are, because if I do know anything about you, you'll probably say something jokingly to me along the lines of, did you really have to say my age? (laughs) If I know you at all, that is definitely what you'll say to me. Even though you're still plenty young and look absolutely fantastic, I wanted to wish you a happy birthday, and as I said for Mother's Day last week, you truly are the best mom anybody could ever ask for. And I wanted to quickly dedicate the beginning of the show to you and wish you a happy early birthday. I love you very much, Mom. Now, as I said, we're gonna dive right into things today, not wasting any time on episode 47, got a damn good episode ahead as per usual, we'll do this week's poll, followed by more word on Aaron Judge and his healing progress, and all of the talk that took place throughout the week having to do with what's gone on in the effort to get us a 2020 season of some sorts, everything going on between the MLB and the MLBPA, we're gonna get to all of that later, don't you worry. But also, I'll be making an announcement about something special I haven't done before that I plan on doing for all of you, my amazing supporters and fans, at the end of today's episode in honor of episode 50 approaching. Only three more weeks until then. It's not that far away. And again, I'll be making that announcement at the end of today's episode, so stay tuned for that. But a lot has happened in this past week, and you best believe this week's poll has to do with everything that happened, so let's get going. We'll start on Twitter, as always. This week's question is, at this point, in your opinion, after hearing how things have transpired between MLB and the MLBPA this past week, which, for those of you who don't know, the MLBPA is the Players Association, do you think we will have baseball this year? So at this point in your opinion, after hearing how things have gone between the two sides, do you think we will have baseball this year in 2020? And tell me your thoughts down below in the comments, as always, for your shout out on the podcast. Now, out of the hundreds of you who voted, in weeks past, it did seem that optimism reigned supreme amongst the hundreds of you who have been voting on the polls in past weeks when it comes to getting baseball back for this year. As of this week now, after hearing how things have gone between Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association, it would seem that tune has changed somewhat. Because 57% of you voted for no, that you do not think we are going to have baseball this year after what you've heard has transpired between Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association throughout this past week. So 57% of you out of the hundreds of you who voted said no, you don't think we're going to see it. And 43% of you still say yes, we are going to see baseball at some capacity in 2020. So this surprised me a little bit. Obviously, the discussion between the two sides has discouraged a lot of baseball fans into thinking that we're not going to get baseball this year. And don't worry, we're going to get into all of those details later on in MLB news, as you know. And the results in this are pretty close, but it would seem so far, as far as the poll is concerned, a lot of people out there are discouraged and believe we're not going to see baseball this year. That's upsetting, but hey, it's how people feel. So let's get more details on how those people feel by going right down to those replies and hear what's on everybody's mind. We'll try to get through as many replies as we can before moving on to Instagram. We'll start things off with at cdixon25, and he has to say, I don't think so. The time for setting up a partial season in a pandemic was already limited, and a salary dispute is going to waste valuable time. Well, yeah, that's really what this whole past week has consisted of, a lot of the salary disputing. Of course, in this whole process, there are a lot of hurdles to overcome, but the salary dispute has been a major chunk of this, and already almost a week since the two sides have been talking has passed, and the clock keeps on ticking, so you're right. If they do still plan on starting Spring Training too around June 10th, like it was rumored last week and we discussed on last week's episode, yeah, the clock keeps on ticking. June 10th is getting closer and closer. Then we had at Laura underscore Icemont says, I voted yes because I'm being optimistic. But if the players and owners can't come to an agreement in a timely matter, then there won't be baseball this season. Well, yeah, you're right, Laura. They are on the clock. And if there's no agreement, there is no baseball. That's true. At Peace Now for Life says, I unfortunately have to say no. It sounds like the two sides are so far apart and time is not on their sides anymore. They will still have to do training before any season can start. It's all so sad, especially if it comes down to money. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I agree with everything you said. Time is not really on their side anymore because, as I said with Chris's reply earlier, if they do still intend on starting by June 10th with Spring Training 2, then they're only a couple of weeks away from that. Two and a half, three weeks away. So time is not necessarily on their sides as of now. And as you'll hear me say later on in MLB News when I give my take on all of this, yeah, the one thing I hope is that this just doesn't come down to only the money because that would be so freaking frustrating. So I totally agree with you there. At BobbyTats631 says, I think we'll have some level of a season. I don't think the players and owners will let it get to the point of having no play. Both sides have to realize they can't risk losing the younger demographic they have been trying to get to gain. Well, yeah, absolutely. We do know that baseball has been striving to get that younger demographic back and they've been really trying to expand the popularity of the game over the last few years, throwing a bunch of different proposals out there about certain changes they can make in the game to make it more intriguing to some people who don't watch it. And regardless of whether or not we agree with said proposals, and you know that there have been a fair share of them that I and many of you have not agreed with, it is true that they have been working and thinking of certain things that they could put out there to try and interest people who don't watch the sport. And if they do let it get to the point of no playing because of the money, which a lot of people do not want to happen, of course, because that would be extremely frustrating, then yeah, you could possibly risk losing that demographic and maybe even other demographics. Because people might just throw their hands up in the air and say, well, I'm done with this. If all they care about is money, then I don't even want to watch anymore. And that could really put a sour taste in the mouths of a lot of people. They risk doing that. But I don't want to get too ahead of myself before discussions on this wrap up. And we do have a definitive answer as to whether we will or won't get baseball this year. But it is worth talking about. And your point is well taken, Bobby. At laker 477 says, sadly, I say no. Not only are the players' salaries an issue, but teams in New York and California, and possibly other states, won't be able to play in their home stadiums anytime soon. And I don't see the players agreeing to quarantine in another state away from their families for months. Well, yeah, if you recall... That was a big point of discussion when that first Arizona plan came out, when they were just talking about isolating the players and everybody else involved in the organizations that would be in the stadiums day by day. They were talking about just putting them in Arizona and having them stay in complete isolation, only going from the hotel to the stadium and vice versa. And they would have been doing that for four and a half to five months, isolated in Arizona away from their families. And a lot of people took notice to that right away when that proposal surfaced, And a lot of people took issue with that, including players themselves, as we spoke about on this podcast in weeks past. So if they could figure out a way to make that more convenient for the players and their families, of course, that would be great. But yeah, I definitely assume a lot of players wouldn't really want to be away from their families for months and months and months in another state. And things will most certainly change as far as which states could allow teams to play in their home stadiums as time continues to go along and as things change with this virus. So that remains to be seen. A lot of this is still just the waiting game, unfortunately at Sean 9966 lots of numbers in these names, says, starting to lose my patience with everything. Both sides need to get their bleep together. No curses on this podcast, we know that, and that's fine. I'll just bleep him out with my own words. But regardless, yeah, there are just a lot of people, including myself, and you'll hear that later, but a lot of people are just saying, you know what? Both sides just need to get it together. I'm tired of hearing this, and I want baseball back. That's what a lot of people are just saying, putting their foot down about the whole thing. They just want baseball back, and it's understandable. Then we had at Marsha Nicholas says, Even though I voted yes, the owners and players have to come to an agreement, and an agreement quickly. Without that, no baseball. Yeah, Marsha, quite simply put, you said it. No agreement, no baseball. At Sports D24733772, more numbers. (laughs) They say, Yes, we will, unless cases go back to the way they were last month. Obviously, unusual season, under 100 games sucks, but it's better than nothing. Now, yeah, that's right, and obviously this would be a game that we have never seen before when it comes to baseball, but it is better than nothing. You'd be able to turn on your television and watch some form of baseball again here in America, and that would be good enough for me. I know a lot of people don't agree with that, but I, at this point, just want baseball back. And in the meantime, though, some people have turned to Korean baseball as far as live baseball is concerned because they just want to watch any sort of baseball they can get their eyes on since they are playing over there in Korea right now. And I really can't blame those people at all, but a lot of people just want Major League Baseball back. At Fantasy Furnace says, Even if the two sides come to an agreement, which I doubt, there isn't enough time to prepare, in my opinion. They were looking at spring training in mid-June with a July 1st start. No way can a starting pitcher get up to speed and stamina in two weeks. This should have been put to bed already, but it's always about the money. Well, yeah, that's the way it is in a lot of facets of life, my friend. (laughs) It's just money. A lot of it's about money, and it really is unfortunate because... Money takes away the beauty of a lot of aspects of life. I've always said that. Yes, it is an essential factor to surviving, but it's not what life should be all about. But in a lot of facets of life, as I said, it is what it's all about, and it does take away a lot of the beautiful aspects of life. And it sucks. I agree with you. It absolutely sucks. But hopefully the two sides can figure it out. The two sides being the owners and the players association. And yeah, about the starting pitchers not being ready, I did bring up that issue on last week's episode, if you remember. There were a lot of doctors throughout baseball that analyze pitchers who are afraid that in the limited amount of time to get ready and the sudden ramping up of activity could spike injuries and the need for pitchers to get surgeries like Tommy John surgery. That definitely was an issue that was raised with some doctors last week. Because, as we know, before everything happened with the pandemic, everyone was starting to get ready in regular spring training that started at the end of February and into the beginning of March until everything was suspended on March 12th. Now, of course, they've had to stop suddenly for the last couple of months, and then they're going to suddenly ramp up activity again with a limited amount of time to get ready for a shortened season, and that has a lot of doctors concerned. So it's worth talking about. At Kevin Y Y 85 says, I want to see baseball, but it's a toss-up at this point. Well, yeah, it definitely is a toss-up. We really don't know what the future holds as far as negotiations between Major League Baseball, or the team owners, should we say, and the Players Association, and how baseball itself would actually go, or when it would start for sure. They do have it in proposals when they want it to start, but who knows if it'll work when it does start up. The future is a toss-up. You're right. We don't really know. At C Lawler 95 says rant time for why I voted no, so here's a rant. Snell really rubbed me the wrong way when I saw that he said he was putting his life at risk and wanted to get paid in full rather than take a cut. There are workers out there right now who are putting their lives at greater risk than he or any other player would. They're going to be provided with top-tier testing slash protection. To me, it seems a bit selfish that they don't want to play for less pay. Well, yeah, it would seem like people like Mark Teixeira agree with you. Teixeira came out this past week and said something that a lot of people didn't like when he said he would play for pennies on the dollar, and a lot of fans and players came out and said, well, you're retired with all of your millions, what do you know? But yeah, it seems like you two would be on the same page. And also, I do understand what you're saying about Snell. He definitely did rub people the wrong way, especially because he was talking about, as you said, the health risks that come along with him playing in the first place. Meanwhile, there is footage of him towards the start of all this happening where he didn't really express much care for health risk at all. So a lot of people were just like, oh, come on, Blake, stop pretending like it's for the health. It's all for the money. Don't lie to us. But he really did rub a lot of people the wrong way. And I do understand certain players being worried about putting themselves at risk or maybe a loved one at risk. I do get that. But if you're Blake Snell and there's past footage of you having said that you don't really care much for the health risk or the safety not at least as much as you're saying you do now, then some people are going to come at you and say, well, I think you're just worried about the money because you didn't seem too worried about the health before. But listen, people's viewpoints and their minds can change as time goes along and things progress. Maybe that is what happened with Snow. I don't really know what's going on in his mind. But that is what some people came at him about, saying that you didn't really seem too worried about health before, and now you're making a big deal about it. Meanwhile, a lot of people just think he's making a big deal about it because of the money, and only the money. People are just clawing each other's eyes out about everything at this point. Everybody's just going so crazy with everything going on. And believe me, I get that. These are frustrating times to live in right now. But as you'll hear later in the MLB news section of the podcast as well, in the medical precautions proposal that was given to the Players Association yesterday on Saturday... There are definitely a lot of in-depth plans and extreme plans to ensure that people get regular temperature checks and tests so that the league can be damn well sure any and all athletes will not be put in any danger with the virus every day that they come to play baseball. So, I don't know. The moral of the story is that this past week has resulted in a lot of passionate and intense discussion about all of this. I think that much is obvious. But let's keep going here on the replies. Up next, we have my lovely girlfriend, at Vic Salimo, and she says, I really want baseball. But I don't think that we will have baseball this year if they can't come to an agreement. The more time passes, the further we get into the year and the shorter the season will be. It will be so pointless, and these guys can't play baseball in the winter. Well, if they do still, in fact, speculate that the season could go into the end of November or maybe late December, well, yeah, they'd have to probably play in neutral sites of some kind. That possibility has been discussed at length from the past few weeks, as you know. But yeah, as you say, no agreement, no baseball, and the clock is a ticking. At Mountain Gal 456 says, Coming to an agreement is going to take a lot from both sides, and from what I have seen and heard this past week, it's not looking good to me right now. Had to vote no. Things, of course, can change, but I don't have a good feeling about it at this time. Well, the good news is a lot of people do share your feelings on this. It would seem that a lot of people this past week, after hearing how things have transpired between the two sides, the team owners and the players association, A lot of people are not feeling too good about the chances of having baseball this year. At Baker Boys 93 says, If we do have baseball, I don't want a postseason or World Series. It would be a ridiculously worthless championship. Well, yeah, I guess it's just going to be up to personal preference, I suppose, because although for different reasons in the past, obviously, there have been shorter seasons, like in 1981, 1994, 95. And again, although for different reasons, a lot of people look back on those and consider those to be legitimate. Some people don't. And I assume the same thing will be of this year, unless it's not. I don't really know. I can't tell the future. I don't know what people are going to think when they look back on 2020, if we get baseball this year, and how they'll feel about the championship. I really don't. But I do suppose it'll just be up to personal preference. And if you don't think it'll be a worthwhile championship, then that is up to your perspective. And that's your prerogative. And that'll be everybody else's right to feel that way, too. It's just going to be a matter of personal perspective, I think. At T Loves Baseball says, would love to see it. I just think there's too much to work out money-wise and how they even play the games. Well, yeah, how they even play the games. I mean, it's mapped out in proposals how they plan to do it. But if it is to start, we don't know how it's going to go. And yes, as we've said already in the replies many times and we'll get to later in MLB news, the discussions money-wise do not seem to be off to a good start. At run read repeat 12 says in listening to Manfred, MLB does not have a very good plan if they discover one or two players on a team have the virus or if a family member of a player gets the virus. No quarantine for those in contact, more testing, and frankly rolling the dice. This is a huge risk. Actually, this does make me want to read a little bit of an article I had ready for MLB News, but I think I'm going to go through it now a bit in these replies because it's relevant to what you just replied. It's an article on Bleacher Report that came out on May 14th, three days ago, titled Report, MLB Season Wouldn't Be Shut Down With Positive COVID-19 Test Results. So it's kind of relevant to what you said about their plan of attack if someone is to come down with the virus, what the league would do. But first off, I do want to reiterate from before that the league plans on taking really, really great strides and measures to ensure that nobody even comes down with a positive test result. It does highlight here in the article that the plan would call for personnel to be tested multiple times a week, and that the league believes it can gain access to widespread testing without taking away necessary supplies from frontline workers and hospitals. Now, I've been echoing that the last few weeks, that I would only want them doing this if it would mean that their widespread testing would not strip necessary materials away from the regular community if the league feels that they could truly do that without taking away those necessary supplies then I'm for it I have been echoing that that is important on this podcast I have been and it says here that the league feels that they can accomplish that and it does say here that if and when positive tests from players or those around the team are received play would not necessarily be stopped The plan calls for social distancing measures and those around the game to avoid crowded scenarios outside of the field and with the frequent temperature checks and testing, their hope is that they would be able to quickly spot and interrupt the contagion and mitigating how many people get sick, not to prevent any one of them from getting the virus while at work. So it's obvious from reading that that the league really feels like they'll be on top of it with the frequent testing and temperature checks, and then they'll do their best to have that person just stay away from everybody and enact their plan to prevent the virus from spreading to anybody else beyond that person that has the positive test result. Now, as you say, there's no guarantee to this, and that's why it's such a toss-up, as many people have said in the comments, but this is the plan for Major League Baseball, and if it is to start up, we'll see how effective it is when it starts up. But I did think that that article was relevant to that reply, so I did want to read about that and give that little bit of a plan that the league has going forward if that situation were to surface for any particular team during gameplay. So thank you for that reply very much, and we're going to go more in-depth on those details later on in MLB News, don't worry about it. Up next, though, we do have at lesman 90 says, I am saying yes on this because the players and owners don't want a repeat of what happened when we, the fans, lost the 94 World Series. It will get done because we need the game as a way to keep our minds sane. That is definitely a really important aspect of it. A lot of people just want baseball back as that distraction and just being able to turn on the television and get away from everything going on and just enjoy a nice baseball game, even if it's different from the usual baseball that we know and love from years past because a lot of people like myself understand that in these very, very different and complicated times, there would obviously be very, very big changes to the game this year to ensure that we can get any sort of baseball season just for 2020. So yes, you're definitely right. That would definitely be a great escape for a lot of people just to keep people sane. Because as you can see every day with a lot more stories throughout the country, there are definitely a lot of people that are starting to lose their minds with this whole thing. They've just had enough. Up next is at scotty underscore does know, and he says players and owners will take a pandemic cut. A, players earn prorated salary. B, amount received this year is based on a revenue split. C, remainder is deferred and paid over time, and D, if players make the postseason and TV ratings soar, that's a negotiated topic to discuss before July. Well, as we're going to talk about later, it does seem that that prorated salary thing may be out the window when it comes to discussions between Major League Baseball and the Players Association. That's what the whole salary dispute thing has been about. The fact that the owners have backed away from their prorated salary agreement that they originally agreed on with the Players Association. So I don't really think that the prorated salaries are in play anymore unless the owners just go back to what they originally agreed on. But there definitely is something for sure that I do agree with you on, and that is the fact if TV ratings soar, that's a negotiated topic. Well, I do definitely think that TV ratings will soar if baseball comes back. People are desperate just to watch any sort of live sport right now. And if baseballs to come back, I do think a lot of. Of people will turn it on even people who do not usually watch it when they hear baseball is back and whether people like it or not baseball is a very important part of American culture when they hear that it returns they might be like well there's nothing much else to do right now and not much else to watch so I'm gonna watch baseball and those who already love baseball of course are gonna jump at it right away and be absolutely thrilled to watch it like me I'm gonna go absolutely nuts if that happens So I can't imagine because of those reasons that I just spoke about and your reasons as well, I can't imagine that baseball's ratings wouldn't soar if it were to start up again, especially if the postseason came around and things are going well and people are having a great time. The players are in it. The fans are having a great time with it. I just can't imagine the TV ratings just don't go skyrocketing. But who knows? I could be wrong. At TJT Whitting here says, I'm still holding on to hope that an agreement will be made. Me too, man. (laughs) Me too. At Boo Sullivan underscore DMT says it's all about the greenbacks. If the owners pay, the players will play. P.S. Snell is a bleep. I'll leave you to imagine what that word was. But yeah, listen, a lot of people, as I said before, have their strong opinions on what Snell said this past week. And you're absolutely right. It's all about the money. And that really, really sucks when it comes down to it, especially if that ends up being the only factor separating us from baseball. It would really, really be aggravating. And it is all about the money, and it sucks. You're right. Let's get through a couple more here. Up next, we have At Musics NDMD says... I've said there won't be a season, but an all-team, WBC-like format in September to determine playoff opponents. I actually think that would solve problems. Players get paid prorated, but fewer games owners can afford, and it would be exciting. Well, I'm not sure what they would do with the prorated. Right now, it seems to be out of the question since the dispute is about the revenue split. It just seems like owners are not down for that prorated salary agreement anymore. But yeah, a lot of people are just throwing around little ideas about changing up the formats and so many games are going to be chopped off the schedule. Obviously, the rumored number of games is 82 right now. And a lot of people are just like, ah, you might as well have just a big tournament for the championship, whatever. And people are just throwing ideas about that out there, so I understand. But baseball seems to have their proposal out there for what they want, and we'll see if it goes through. Gotta keep disputing the money. Up next is at A. 54 and he says, Every player next season in awesome health, let's do it next season. Well, would they be rusty by next season without seeing live pitching? Or would pitchers without pitching for a whole year be rusty by next year? I mean, that's the question you got to ask. But a lot of people share your opinion. There are a lot of people out there that just say, let's just wait until next year. And we might just have to if the owners and the Players Association can't get past their disagreements on money. At Sports Palace blog says, after hearing Snell's comments, I highly doubt there will be any baseball. I'm sure other players feel that way, too. The salaries getting cut like they are, in addition to everything they would have to do during the season, just won't be worth it to them. And yeah, guys like Trevor Bauer, Nolan Arenado, and others have come out in support of Blake Snell's message, and yeah, you're right. It seems that a lot of players are just not on board for this, and that's even putting the money dispute aside. That's a whole other thing altogether, so you, like many others, just seem to think there are just too many hurdles to overcome here. So another person who says they do not think we will be seeing baseball this year At Big Thinking 25 says, MLB is heading to a strike probably. As much as I want baseball, people want to play what they're worth. But at the same time, if they want to play at full salary, that indicates they may not be that smart with money management. Well, I can't really tell you how each and every player is with their money management, but I really hope they aren't headed to a strike because that's about the last thing we need right about now especially with labor agreements and all kinds of financial things up ahead for Major League Baseball in the coming years. It's just really not what the game needs right now. Let's just not do that, hopefully. But we'll see what happens, I guess. No strikes, though. Thank you. What a mess. Let's finish off the Twitter replies, though, with at Michael Pokolick, and he says, We will have baseball, but we won't be able to go to the ballpark to watch it. Well, yeah, that much is obvious, at least in the beginning of the season, definitely. No fans in attendance, that's for sure. But as for Twitter, that's all for today with the replies there. As always, thank you for all the poll interactions on there. And again, I apologize if I didn't get to you, but always just keep trying every week in the replies, and I'll definitely get to you most weeks. I do my best. But let's head on to Instagram before we wrap up this week's poll segment. Of course, the same question applies, and I'll repeat it for you. At this point, in your opinion, after hearing how things have transpired between MLB and the MLBPA this past week... Do you think we will have baseball this year? And on the contrary to Twitter, 61% of people on Instagram do believe that we will have baseball this year, despite the seemingly bad start and discussions between MLB and the MLBPA. 61% of you do feel we will have baseball this year, and 39% of you Instagram voters believe that we will not have baseball this year. Let's do some replies on Instagram really quick before we get to today's Yankees news. Up first, we'll have at official 52011 on Instagram saying, I think they have to find a way. Well, yeah, quite simply put, I feel the same way. Up next is the Dark Knight 025, my good friend James Celestin. You know him on Twitter at BlackRebirth52, most likely if you're on Yankees Twitter. And he had to say, I still say yes. At the end of the day, they have to play. It would be a bad optic if other sports such as the NBA and NHL return and baseball does not. I get the health concerns, but if the other leagues are figuring it out, the MLB better. And yeah, you'll hear the very same thing from me later on. I do agree with that, that if sports like NBA and the NHL figure it out, and MLB doesn't, especially if the only remaining issue for MLB has to do with money, yeah, I agree. It's not really a good look for the sport. It really isn't. And up next, last but not least, we have my mother, and I love finishing off with her, at Julia Gina Scudero, because she always has very passionate and loud things to say about these subjects and she had to say I'm going to believe we will have baseball hoping that owners and players will realize that they're all well off no matter what their salaries would be and should be more concerned with pleasing their fans who make them all who they are players and owners well mom you're damn right about the fact that us fans make them what they are that is true and they even themselves acknowledge that because it is the truth we are the ones that support them and invest in them it's true and I promise we are going to get to all the information on all of this stuff as well as my takes on all of it in MLB News right after we go over some Yankees news for today. I promise we're going to get to all of that. But as always, Mom, thank you for the reply. And again, happy early birthday. You are obviously definitely one of my biggest supporters and I love you very much. And again, my mom's birthday is on Tuesday, so be sure to give a little bit of a birthday shout out right now as you listen. Or you can send me a message on social media and I'll relay it on to her. But... Those are this week's replies for the poll on Twitter and Instagram. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day to join in on the fun with this week's Yapping Yankees poll. I greatly appreciate all the interaction, guys. You know that. And you know the drill. If I wasn't able to get to you this week, just keep on replying to the polls each week, and I'll definitely get to your response on another poll. Unfortunately, it's not easy to get everybody in every week, but you know I do my best. Alright, let's keep things moving right along here on episode 47 and talk some Yankees news. And as it's been like in basically every Yankees news segment, with nothing much going on in the sports world at all, the main thing to discuss nowadays having to do with the Yankees is injuries news pretty much. I've got some more discussion on Judge for today involving Brian Cashman. And this past week, Brian Cashman opened up about the whole Judge situation and spoke about certain periods of time since the moment the organization feels he fractured that upper rib, going back to late last season on that dive attempt that, since then, has resulted in a bizarre injury saga for Judge. And Cashman also gave his take on how Judge could be if and when baseball is played in 2020. And Brian Hoke, who many of you know covers the Yankees for Major League Baseball, wrote an article on Thursday about what Cashman had to say about everything and the fact that he feels Judge may return at full capacity, which is actually what the article is titled, Cashman, Judge May Return at Full Capacity. And again, it's by Brian Hoke. And once more, for those of you who don't know who Brian Hoke is, he does an awesome job covering the Yankees if you don't already know him. Really, really does a good job. Now, at the start of the article, as you may remember, it reminds us, as we've spoken about in recent past episodes of Yapping Yankees, that Judge thought it was possible to be all ready to go by March 26th, which, as we know, was the original opening day date for the 2020 season. Yes, I know, remembering that makes me sad, too. And little by little, though, as they struggled to get a definitive diagnosis on what his true injury was and that the pain wasn't really subsiding. His date for return just kept on reportedly being pushed back, if you remember. The Yankees, however, according to Hoke and Cashman, thought behind closed doors that the summertime would be a more realistic timeline for his return. And so far, they haven't been wrong, it would seem, because although he is slowly progressing as he continues to rehab at the George M. Steinbrenner Field Facility, Judge would still not be ready even if the 2020 season was going on as we speak the normal way we know it to be. Cashman also spoke about what everything has been like from the start of this whole situation and how he felt it could be a problematic injury going forward considering how Judge usually is when it comes to getting hurt. I'll read you his quotes about everything. And once again, this is from the MLB.com article written by Brian Hoke titled Cashman, Judge May Return at Full Capacity. Want to give the full credit where it's due. And Cashman started off by saying, quote, When it happened, I always felt that we wouldn't see Judge likely until the summertime. But Aaron Judge, like most superstar athletes, they're invincible and they feel like they'll be back sooner than later. I think his pain threshold is Derek Jeter-like. He never complains and he always pushes through, end quote. And we've heard Judge compared to Jeter many times, but that is a very, very big comparison, especially when talking about pain threshold, another thing that makes him like Jeter in the eyes of Brian Cashman. And when Cashman talks about Aaron Judge thinking that he's invincible and also feeling like he himself would return sooner rather than later from the injury, Cashman's just referencing what I said before about the fact that Aaron Judge originally thought that he could be ready even by the originally scheduled opening day date of March 26th if baseball was going on right now. And of course, right now, we know that that's not the case because even if the season were to be going on, as I said before, Judge would still not be playing. But a couple of months ago, Judge himself, again, thought it to be possible that he could be ready by now. And that's what Cashman is referencing there. The fact that superstars like Aaron Judge are invincible and that Judge himself felt he'd be back sooner rather than later. And that's what Cashman was talking about. Now, obviously, everybody, including Brian Cashman and Judge himself, knows that Judge is not invincible. But for some people, it's a mindset. And how people like Brian Cashman envision these superstars like Aaron Judge. But in any event, with Yankees general manager Brian Cashman now reflecting on the passed about the situation, he continued on saying, quote, he never shares if something's bothering him. So obviously, when he did show up in the spring and said something has been bothering him, it was an uh uh-oh moment because he really does not ever complain about anything. He didn't complain in the wintertime either, but once the testing came back, once they eventually found it, the time frame looked like it was going to take us more likely into summer, end quote. And as I said earlier, Brian Cashman is obviously referencing when Judge first arrived in Yankee spring training, he checked into the club's development complex in late January, also being one of the first Yankees to arrive for spring training, and he stopped on field hitting right after that because of the discomfort in his right shoulder and the right pectoral area, and we've been over this plenty of times on the past recent episodes of Yapping Yankees, and those were the sequence of events, as we remember. And then, of course, he took those multiple tests consisting of MRIs, bone scans, x-rays, and so on, until, eventually, the fractured rib was revealed. At which point, Cashman and the Yankees really thought a more realistic timetable for his return to be some point in the summer. And again, that's what Brian Cashman is referencing here. And he ended by saying, quote, once we resume play, we're excited to believe that he's going to rejoin us at full capacity. He wants to play as much as anybody, and we look forward to getting him back in the lineup, End quote. And although Judge has not started hitting or throwing yet, Cashman did confirm that Judge recently underwent several imaging tests that show enough progress to discourage the option of surgically removing the rib. So that sounds like good news to me, and it sounds like that encouraged the Yankees to the fact that their timeline may be accurate for a potential summer return, that is, of course, if we get baseball back this year. And also along with the rarity of the injury, Brian Hoke did also include the fact that part of the issue with this injury, according to Cashman, is that the blood flow required for healing is restricted to the injured area. And that, and as I said last week and weeks prior, along with the rarity of the injury, there are just a lot of reasons why this injury seems to be really slow-moving. But all of us fans, and especially Judge himself, obviously, are just going to have to remain patient for him to get better, but the good news is it seems like he is on the right track. I think that much is obvious, given the reporting that we've had on this the last few weeks. And of course, this pandemic has allowed Aaron Judge and all of those injured also. It's allowed them much more time to heal. And it is good to hear that if baseball is to return this summer, that Cashman and others in the Yankees organization seem to think that that is a reliable timetable, that Judge could be ready to go by the summertime, and that he could be there at full capacity. That is good news. Hopefully the Yankees continue to test him going forward and stay on top of this injury and that Judge speak up about any pain he might have in the future because, as we've heard, although Judge likes to play through this stuff, it is important to let people know about pain that you cannot deal with at a certain point. Because the sooner you tackle the problem, the sooner hopefully you can get past it and get back to business. I know these guys just want to keep playing, especially through the important times of the season and the postseasons, like Judge did when he was getting his on-the-fly pain-killing injections, as this article also says, and continuing to play in the postseason while he was doing so. But who knows if doing that made it worse? I mean, I guess there's really no way to tell. You never know. But you also have to hope that Aaron Judge's rehabbing at the George M. Steinbrenner Field facility continues to go well, and that he could, indeed, as Cashman anticipates, be on the team at full capacity if we are to get baseball this summer in 2020. And I believe in Judge, and I do know a lot of people get irritated hearing that nowadays, and I do know Judge has plenty of his critics given all of the injury struggles he's had since 2018. But in all episodes past of Yapping Yankees, and even going back to the very time Judge was called up, I've always gone to bat for Aaron Judge pun intended. (laughs) But I've always gone to bat for him. I love the guy as a player because I know what he's capable of, and I love the guy off the field because I just love the kind of guy he is. He's a down-to-earth, generous, and charitable guy, both with the Yankee fans and with the community overall. And I know his main priority is staying healthy, but I do know that he does have another full season in him. Time is not on his side because, again, also everybody loves to mention the fact that he's almost 29 years old, getting closer to 30, but I believe in Judge, and I do believe that we could see a repeat of what we saw in 2017. A huge, intimidating monster, whether it be in the two-hole in the lineup or in the middle of the lineup sometime in the future, that could hit 45-plus home runs and devastate the opposition. Not even mentioning his defensive capabilities. He just needs to stay healthy. I do know that because we all know what he's capable of. And I'm no fortune teller. I can't tell you for sure what the future holds for Judge. And neither can you. But as long as I'm a diehard Yankee fan, and as long as I love Aaron Judge as much as I do as a player, I'm going to remain confident that he could play nearly an entire season and be the superstar that all of his believers, including myself, know he can be. That's that, and nobody is going to change my mind. We should all be trying to get behind Judge and encourage him to get back from this bad injury and try to have him help the Yankees as much as he can because we know if he's healthy and he's on the field, he can be some of the biggest help any player can be to their team in the entire game of baseball. I confidently stand by this, and I know a lot of other Yankee fans do too. But before we move on from Yankees news, there are a couple more brief injury updates that were provided in the Brian Hoke article on MLB.com having to do with James Paxton and Aaron Hicks. And in the prior injury updates, we've briefly updated on Giancarlo Stanton as well, but the same thing is with him as we've been reporting the last few weeks. He's basically ready for whenever. So the only ones still rehabbing left are James Paxton and Aaron Hicks, really. And I wanted to give you quick updates on their progress. When it comes to Paxton, Paxton has been throwing his simulated games near his Wisconsin home And we did know from last week's update that he was already throwing simulated games, and he is continuing to do so near his Wisconsin home, and he would have already been expected to be back, as we know, sometime this month in May or the latest in June, and considering his current progress, it seems to still be that way. So it seems whenever baseball is to be started, since they keep on rumoring that spring training too, if a deal is to be worked out between the league and the Players Association would start around June 10th, then I would think it's safe to say that James Paxton could definitely be ready by then. So the news update for Paxton really is that he still seems to be perfectly on track to be set for when or if baseball is to be played this year. So that's great news for James Paxton. And when it comes to Aaron Hicks, he has just been continuing to rehab near his Arizona home and he continues to take non-contact swings from both sides of the plate and he is still throwing. Therefore, he seems to be on track for his return as well, which was originally anticipated to be June or July from his Tommy John surgery, and the Yankees are confident in the fact that he's still on that timetable. So again, good news on the Yankees' injury forefront, which is always great to hear. Definitely wanted to give you guys another update on all of that before we get into the discussion about everything that's happened this past week in MLB News with all the reports going around about the league and the Players Association's I guess some people would say war between them, (laughs) but let's get into all of that along with the rest of the important stuff you need to know that's happened this past week in MLB News. And especially when it comes to the dispute between Major League Baseball and the Players Association, best strap yourselves in. And believe me, I know that there's been so much MLB news talk for a podcast that, as I say in the intro every week, features me yapping about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. But you have to talk about this stuff, because like all of the other teams and their fans in baseball too, us getting our beloved Yankees and baseball overall back is contingent on everything we've been talking about with the league trying to get baseball back since everything freaking COVID started. (laughs) So I know you guys understand that, but I just wanted to get that across. I do mix in Yankees talk each week, but a lot of it is also MLB news, which I typically only spoke about when it was something that majorly affected the Yankees or the game as a whole. But again, you have to talk about this stuff. If you do a baseball podcast of any sort, us getting the game and our beloved teams back is contingent on everything being reported on with the league trying to bring it back for us. So anyway, let's get to talking about major announcements and reports that came out about things that happened this past week, capped off by salary disputes between the league, or should I say the team owners basically, and the Players Association. The first announcement, not having to do with all of the proposal or salary disputes discussion, but since some people care about it, it's worth bringing up is the fact that as of Monday, the World Baseball Classic, which was set to take place again next March, as it usually does during spring training typically, has been cancelled and moved to 2023. Now, I think the Classic is fun to watch personally. I don't go crazy over it, but I do think it's a good time. I do know that there are plenty of people out there who think it to be a pointless distraction from spring training and getting ready for the regular season. And they also think it's a risk injury-wise, and those people aren't totally wrong because, if you recall, the last time the tournament took place in 2017, Didi Gregorius actually suffered an injury in the Classic when playing for the Netherlands, and he missed some time in the regular season, and that ticked off a lot of people. So, people have their opinions on the Classic, There have been four tournaments since its introduction in 2006, and some people were looking forward to its return since the last time it was played in 2017. The United States actually won, if you remember, for their first World Baseball Classic title. But World Baseball Classic fans are going to have to wait a while longer, unfortunately, as, again, it has been moved from next March to 2023. Just wanted to mention that really quick. So with that being said, let's talk about the major happenings in these eventful times of trying to get baseball back that were reported on throughout this past week. And the first piece of news, if you want to go all the way back to the beginning of this past week, was late Sunday, not long after I released last week's episode of Yapping Yankees. There was the rumor that came out that the league was trying to push the universal DH if baseball were to be played in 2020 this year. They wanted to try the universal DH and see how it went. So that would mean, of course, even in the National League where the pitchers hit, the pitchers would not be hitting over there, and they would adopt the designated hitter. And on Wednesday, there was a report that came out that a lot of people were expecting this to pass if baseball is to be played this year. So people are very confident that the Universal DH would definitely pass for this season, at the very least, if baseball were to be played. And all of the players are reportedly in favor of it, too. So a lot of the players in Major League Baseball, basically almost all of them from the sound of it, are in favor of the National League adopting a designated hitter. So I think it's definitely safe to say, and especially as you'll hear in a moment, since it is a part of the final proposal that Major League Baseball offered up to the Players Association, that if baseball's played this year, we're going to see for the first time the universal DH utilized in baseball. Now, me personally, my longstanding opinion on the designated hitter is that I've just wanted both leagues, being the American League and the National League, obviously, I've just always wanted them to get back on the same page Obviously, the leagues have been on different pages with this since the designated hitter was introduced to the American League in 1973. So that's almost 50 years that both leagues have been on different pages with this. The American League having the designated hitter, and the National League still sending their pitchers up to the plate to bat. And of course, it's a big advantage or disadvantage depending on which league you're for. Now, call this American League bias since I am a Yankee fan, so I'll admit maybe some bias is mixed into it, but if you've listened to this podcast in the past, you know that I try to be as fair and balanced as possible, and when giving my opinions, I really, really do remain as objective as possible. And I really, really do understand those people... ...that are very hesitant to let go of sending the pitcher to the plate to hit... ...because that really is the feeling of how baseball used to be so many years ago... ...and it really is a portion of the game that has remained... ...to still remind us of a time where that was the way it was throughout all of baseball... ...the pitchers used to always hit and that was always expected... ...but as time has gone along especially while the American League has a designated hitter and the National League doesn't, people have been talking about this thing for a lot of years. And the possibility of having the designated hitter in both leagues now being talked about even more because of everything going on for this year, the discussions have really heated up even more about it now. I personally have been in favor of having the Universal DH for a long time now, and I'll explain why. It is mostly because I just want both leagues on the same page, and you're probably saying, well, if you want them both on the same page, then you can also get rid of the DH in the American League and just have pitchers hit in both leagues. But I do have my problems with that also, because I've just run out of patience as far as watching pitchers hit. Because for the most part, yeah, you do have your very good hitting pitchers throughout the game. Pitchers in the Mets rotation, like Jacob deGrom and Noah Syndergaard. Pitchers like Madison Bumgarner, even then Dan Harren used to be a really good hitting pitcher, and many more names too. I don't want to spend the rest of the episode just naming names of good hitting pitchers. Obviously, if you also happen to remember, I'd say he was a pretty good baseball player by the name of Babe Ruth, only one of the best players of all time, and he also pitched in his career and also is one of the best hitters of all time, as we know. So, there are a few of them. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like there aren't any, but for the most part, honestly, a lot of the time you send your pitcher up to the plate nowadays, it's an automatic out, especially for the American League side if they're playing in a National League park. I know that people like to see a pitcher lay down a bunt and have small ball prevail in a day where it's all just about home runs and high offense. I know that people also don't want the pitchers hitting to go away for that reason, too, because they feel like it's just another step in forgetting small ball. I understand that, believe me. But I just don't really have a use for watching a pitcher step up to the plate to hit And it's almost always an automatic out when you could have somebody else up at the plate who's exponentially a better hitter and has a much higher chance of offensively contributing to the team. And then there's the point of strategy that a lot of people mention, how people have to manage their pitchers and manage the double switches and do a lot more managing in the game when you're sending pitchers up to hit. And yeah, that is definitely true. The National League has to utilize a lot more in-game strategy when that has to happen when you have to pinch hit for the pitcher when they're done, who you want to send up to the plate and handle the double switching and that does take a lot of strategy. But while that does take a lot of strategy, I do just think it's better if you just have a designated hitter in there already and every Everything's just set. Call it laziness if you want, but that's just my personal opinion. And also just for the simple fact that I don't feel like watching a pitcher hit who some of them look like they've never even held a bat in their entire life, and the fact that the eight-hitter before them... If they have a horrible hitting pitcher up after them, they're not going to see a single pitch. And more likely than not, the pitcher coming up to hit after them is going to be terrible. And if that's the case, then you're making the final two at-bats at the bottom of the lineup even less exciting. And I would sacrifice strategy for that because I'm not sure that's worth it. To keep strategy and make the final two at-bats in the lineup not even a little worth watching. So although I do hear the reasoning loud and clear from those who want to see pitchers hitting continuing... That's just where I tend to lean. And considering we're in a day and age where offense in baseball is so highly valued by its viewers and fans and how little desire there is to see a pitcher hit who looks like he never held a bat in his entire life, and how discussion on such a matter has been so hot the last few years and even hotter now because this seems to be a part of the proposal for baseball to be played in 2020, I think people should really start to prepare themselves for this to be instilled in baseball not only for this year, but in the future. There are a lot of people who actually think this should have been instilled years ago. And as I said before, I'm one of them. And it really does seem like the league is even leaning in that direction, just instilling it permanently. It's been a discussion for a long time. And although I personally lean towards the DH, I am really just for having both leagues on the same page again like they were many years ago. And considering I lean more towards the DH, I think the universal DH is the answer. So for those opposed to having the universal DH, I would get yourself ready because I think they're going to be instilling this not only for this year if baseball is played in 2020, but for the future. One thing's for sure, I think it's definitely time we have both leagues on the same page again, and I do think it should be the way of having the DH in both leagues. And if baseballs to be played this year, we will probably get it because of how much it's expected to pass since players seem to be highly in favor of the universal DH, and the league really seems to want to instill it. On Wednesday, they said it's expected to pass, so for those who don't want it, you're going to have to start facing the fact that we're probably going to get it. But if you want to have more discussion on your opinions on the DH or want to talk about my opinion on the DH, then you're more than free to message me or talk to me on social media. You know that. Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY, Twitter at Mike Scudero, and Instagram Mike Scuds 97 If you want to keep talking about this, just shoot me a message. You're more than free to, as always. But again, that discussion on the designated hitter really started to heat up once that was brought up late last Sunday, and then on Wednesday, it was really said that it was expected to pass because of how much everybody seems to want it, both within the league and the players, and a great deal of fans want it too. So then Monday rolled around after this was discussed on late Sunday when the Universal DH was thrown around as a rumor. On Monday, it came around that the owners approved of Major League Baseball's final proposal for baseball in 2020, and I mentioned that on last week's show. That according to Trevor Plouffe and some others, there were whispers of there being a final proposal that Major League Baseball was going to show the owners and then eventually present to the Players Association, and there were slight rumors about what would be in it, and that did get confirmed on Monday that the owners did approve of that proposal for Major League Baseball. So that proposal did in fact get announced just the very next day and the day after that when it was presented to the Players Association. Now when it comes to that final proposal, I do have details of it that I want to run by you right now, just so you know for sure, and then also after that... There's also the medical proposal for health precautions that I also want to read out to you, and then we'll really get to talking about this as far as my opinions on everything and really dive into it before we end. And here's some of the aspects of the return to play proposal in broad terms, apparently. There are a bunch of bullet points as to different factors that would be there in the proposal. The first bullet point is the fact that there would be a 50-50 split of revenue from the 2020 season, and the revenue split is really what created the problem with the salary disputes between major League Baseball, or the team owners, I should say, and the Players Association, but we'll get into more of that later. The second one says an 82-game schedule instead of the standard 162. We've heard a lot about that lately, and we know that 82 games was really a rumored number, strongly rumored, and that really seems to be the certain number in the proposal now. So it would be an 82-game season. It would also be a mid-June spring training and early July opening day. And again, as we said last week, a lot of this really lines up as to what Trevor Plouffe and many others in early reporting were saying. So again, that's accurate. Mid-June, maybe around June 10th or so, that's a rumored date we've heard a lot for spring training too. So that basically lines up with mid-June for another spring training and early July opening day. At first, there were rumors about July 1st, and then we heard maybe the 4th of July, and now we've heard just in general maybe the first week of July, and that's really what it sounds like, early July opening day. There would also be a 14-team postseason rather than the typical 10, and again, although I've noted that a lot of these changes would be radical, especially if baseball were to be being played as normal, like if 2020 was going on as normal, that would be definitely a radical change, or if the season is to return to normal next year, which of course I hope it does, but I did express how much I really wasn't a fan of changes like this, but in a shortened season like this, where a lot of big changes like this were to be expected for both testing purposes for the game, and also because, just because of how altered the schedule is, you're going to have to instill different things. And quite frankly, like many others, also just because of the fact that I'm desperate for baseball at this point, and if we're going to be... Having 14 teams in the playoffs instead of 10, I think I could live with that in a season that's been different than any other already as it is, and I think it would be a good thing to test out for this year. So it's it's whatever for me, honestly. For 2020, I'm just one of those people that just really wants baseball back at this point, and I'll take it any way I can get it. So just for this year in 2020, I'm okay with it. We'll see how it goes with the 14 teams, especially since it's only an 82-game schedule as it is. So we'll see what happens. Maybe it could go well. Who knows? Next is games being played in home stadiums where allowed, and yes, we did hear about that from Trevor Plouffe and others in early reporting as well, and that seemed to indeed be a part of it, and again, it varies from state to state. A lot of people think that New York and California, two states who got absolutely slammed by this virus, and being a New York resident myself, I can definitely confirm that for you, we did get slammed by this thing, there's no doubt about it. But a lot of people seem to think that a lot of states like New York and California are going to have to refrain from playing in their home stadiums at least for the start of the season. But in three weeks, things could be different for any and all states, including New York and California, we'll have to see. And it depends from state to state and their governors and their guidelines and rules about whether or not certain teams will be able to play in their home stadiums. And apparently the teams who will be able to will apparently have a choice as to where they want to play, whether it be at their spring sites in Florida or Arizona or in their home ballpark for spring training. So that ought to be interesting. And here it is about the DH, the designated hitters in the American and National League. So that is another possibility. And we also know this to be another detail in early reporting about the proposal, and it seemed that it did make its way into it as well, and that is the regional gameplay. I don't know if you guys remember from weeks past, especially last week when I mentioned the possibility of baseball only having the teams play against their divisional opponents and their regional opponents, and it is here in broad terms for the return to play proposal. For example, the AL East teams would only play against their opponents in the AL East, And in the NL East, because that's their regional opponents, and the AL Central would only play their opponents in the AL Central and the NL Central, and the same thing for the Western Divisions. The AL West teams would only play their opponents in the AL West and the NL West. And that's also another reason why for this season it's good to have both leagues on the same page as far as a designated hitter, because there's going to be even more interleague play, a lot more of it as a matter of fact. We know throughout the last few weeks there are a lot of rumors of them realigning the divisions and the leagues, and those don't seem to be true. They seem to still be maintaining the American and the National League and the divisions. It's just a matter of who will be able to play who between their own division and their regional opponents. And this, like the rest of the stuff as time goes along, could change or could stay like this for the whole season if we are to get baseball this year, but we'll just have to wait and see. But there are two more bullet points, the next one being expanded rosters from 26 to as many as 30 active players with a 20-man squad of minor league players and prospects. So we all had feelings of the minor league season probably not happening from the start, but this basically confirms that it wouldn't happen if that many minor league players and prospects would be with the major league teams if the rosters are to expand that much to as many as 50 players. That's almost a football-sized roster, but that is how it would be. They would be expanding the rosters big time. And finally, and this was the one to most be expected, especially to start the season, and that would be that there are no fans in stadiums to begin the season. So those are the general and big points in the return to play proposal in order to get baseball back in 2020. Let me know what you think. If you're listening on YouTube, leave it down in the comments what you think about it. Otherwise, again, you can message me on social media if you want and talk to me about it or even talk to me about it on one of my posts, perhaps. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Those are basically the main points of it. And now I'm going to read you the medical side of the proposal. There was a detailed 67 page medical proposal for health precautions that would happen during the games that was presented yesterday to the Players Union for them to look over. And please don't think I'm going to sit here reading you all 67 pages because if I were, I would tell you to tune out right now to spare you the suffering. But I'm just going to read you the key components and most important parts of it as they are paramount and they're going to be things you see regularly when and if we watch baseball in 2020. I don't even have all 67 pages on me, but even if I did, I would not put you through that suffering, trust me. But here's some things that we would usually see or not usually see in baseball if things were normal and how much things would be changed if baseball came back this year with the medical side. There would reportedly be no more bench-clearing brawls or even hitters charging the mound with fighting strictly being prohibited. No high fives, no low fives. No fist bumps, spitting, sunflower seeds, or chewing tobacco. And here's actually a part of it that we heard as a possibility going back as early as the Arizona plan. So in past episodes of Yapping Yankees, when I said in the final proposals, you could see little bits and pieces from prior proposals used in it. And this is an example. Players will sit in the stands during games and stay six feet from one another in the dugouts too. And now it's speculated also that while they're not on the field, they also might be wearing masks while they social distance in the dugout or the stands. Now we did hear in the Arizona plan early on, if you remember, again, that sitting in the stands six feet apart from each other was mentioned in that original first plan. So they have perhaps taken some pieces from prior proposals put out there. Players will also be asked to shower at home or in their hotel rooms on the road. No more showering with your teammates. This would also include as many as 10,000 COVID-19 tests conducted per week, which will be modified after consulting with the union, clubs, and medical officials. And reiterating that the resumption of spring training would begin in mid-June, with teams having the option to stage it at their own home ballparks, which I mentioned before, or at their spring training sites in Arizona and Florida. And the 82-game regular season would begin in the first week of July. So those points were mentioned in the return-to-play proposal that I just read for you before, of course. And MLB insider John Heyman also put out a tweet just before saying that out or discouraged in proposed MLB protocols... And a lot of these things you're going to hear are exactly what I just said before in the medical proposal side of it. So some things will be repeated and some things will be new. But here are some of the things discouraged or out of the question in the proposed MLB protocol. So these will be things that you will have seen in typical games going on as normal if the season were to be going on without a pandemic that you will not be seeing if baseball is to return this year. The things that Heyman mentioned are spitting, seeds, tobacco, licking fingers, fighting, hitting inside, meeting inside, bat boys, high fives, fist bumps, showers, sauna, hydrotherapy, Uber, subway, leaving the hotel, as well as exchanging lineup cards, touching faces while giving signs, and sitting close in the dugout, which we already knew was not going to happen because they plan on doing the social distancing. And I know that it involves touching the face, but, wow, no signs? That ought to be tough sometimes, probably. But yeah, between the medical proposal itself and people talking about it, like John Heyman putting out all those things, you hear all of the certain aspects of regular baseball that you would typically see always. A lot of them will not be able to be done this year. So again, those are the key components and major details of the proposal given from the league to the Players Association upon the owners agreeing to it. And again, as I said earlier, the owners agreed to all of this on Monday. That's when we got word of them approving it. We then got word that meetings between MLB and the Players Association would begin Tuesday, five days ago, with the discussion also centered around what everyone knows to probably and unfortunately be the biggest factor in life and in this instance this past week, and that is money. And before Tuesday even came around, people expected these meetings and discussions between the two sides to get really ugly, and it seemed that right off the bat, they did. And now, days later, still no agreement has been made, we haven't heard of much progress, and as you have heard and probably will continue to hear from the general public, we may not have eyes and ears in on the meetings, but many people are not confident the two sides will ever come to an agreement, which of course would mean no baseball in 2020. So on Tuesday, Major League Baseball reportedly did not make an economic proposal, and it was just announced that discussions were expected to continue. Didn't really seem like much of a productive first meeting. As the week went along, more and more details began to surface about the thoughts of the owners and the Players Association over their disputes, mainly centered around the money. The owners originally agreed to a deal with the Players Association, if you remember, that said that they would pay prorated salaries to the players. And then, as you heard in the proposal detail I read to you just before, they decided to change their position on prorated salaries and pull back on what they had originally agreed on with the Players Association and preferred a 50-50 revenue split, which would give the players even less money now you can imagine this didn't sit well with the players and the Players Association and you would be correct this has turned into the battle of what some people have called the millionaires versus the billionaires millionaires being the players of course and the billionaires being the team owners obviously as many of you know not every baseball player is a millionaire quite a bit of them are still under team control and caught in that aspect of this and those are the ones people are concerned for but in any event that's what people are calling this And as I said earlier in the show with players like these guys... Players like Blake Snell, Nolan Arenado, and Trevor Bauer, and more around baseball have voiced their disapproval with the plan and with the owners changing what was agreed on before, and some players like Snell have even considered sitting out if baseball returns. And again, as I said before, lots of people did not like what Snell had to say since he took the stance of health concerns after saying a while back that he didn't really care about the health aspect of everything, and a lot of people have come out against him because of that and are saying, oh, we know it's just about the money with you, stop pretending, It's it's a mess, people. It is a mess. Everybody's just at each other's throats. That's what these times have done to lots of people. But regardless of your feelings on this, the MLB's position to this day is that it'll lose more money if they play games without fans and pay prorated salaries than if they don't play at all. Thus, owners are saying they will not pay the prorated salaries, and they'd rather the revenue split like I said earlier. Meanwhile, Manfred says without playing at all, the owners could lose as much as $4 billion. And there are also reports that the league projected it would lose about $640,000 per game without fans in attendance. So it's obvious to me there are going to be lots of financial losses all over the place. It's just time to face that if you're on either side of this. That's what everything that's happened with this virus has done to us. Not just with baseball, but all around the country. There are losses being experienced financially everywhere. That's the way things are. And yeah, it freaking sucks. Now, I do inevitably agree with one side more than the other. The two sides being the owners and the players association. And I do understand the owners trying to preserve and save as much money as possible, and that these times are making things damn near impossible. But considering they are billionaires, B, billionaires, and they had already agreed prior to paying prorated salaries, I do feel for the players. Because I personally don't like people who go back on their word. I don't. And again, I do know lots of people don't have sympathy for the players, even if they're under team control and don't make in the millions like a lot of the middle or upper echelon players make, and that there are lots of people in the country going through similar struggles as far as salary cuts and things of this nature. And if you're in that crowd, you're right. And I hear you. However... I take the side of the players more so than the owners because I don't like how the owners went back on the previous agreement. And then, the reports of the players not agreeing with that move afterwards painted the players as the bad guys. And yes, I know that has happened with a lot of regular people throughout the country, but does that make it right? Do two wrongs make a right now? When these billionaires have more money than God? That's the one part that gets me. I'm sorry, but it does. However... Although I do inevitably take one side more than the other, in this instance, the players, I'm also taking the moderate and middle stance, as I also want to bring the sides together and not divide them too much. God knows that there's been enough of that going on, division, in almost all aspects of life right now. But again, while I feel the way I just described, this is also how I feel despite my feelings on the owners changing up their plans. And it has to do a bit with the fact that I agree with the feelings of those regular people also going through extreme struggles in the country. And that is that both sides are going to have to reach some sort of a compromise. Keep on working through this and keep talking it out. Although there isn't an overabundance of time, if they do still truly intend on starting spring training to around June 10th, there is still some time left. Both sides need to hear each other out and come to an understanding together Even if it means both sides have to bite the bullet a bit, as I mentioned last week, too, with biting the bullet. That may be what needs to happen. It's happening to millions of people everywhere. There are a lot of people struggling right now. It's part of getting through this and helping each other get through this. I read the projections to you before, and it seems regardless of what's done, it's clear that money is going to be lost. Lots of it, regardless. So it's the duty of both sides to come to an understanding for what's best for both the owners and the players. Keeping in mind, too, that the players are the ones that'll be going out there to play every day and risking their health and potentially the health of their loved ones and putting it all out there for whatever time is left to play some sort of a season this year. So if both sides need to take losses where necessary financially, since there are going to be losses everywhere regardless, evidently, and that's what makes this complicated, then they'll have to do so, and both sides will have to bite the bullet. And I also want to make this clear, I understand the health concerns, I do. That's not what this discussion has been about. If certain players are truly afraid of putting either themselves or a loved one at risk, then that's their prerogative and they're entitled to it. I understand the health concerns, and evidently the league does too, because they really seem to be trying to take any and all in-game precautions necessary from the medical proposal that they mapped out, including all the testing that they have planned to do. But I ask one thing, one thing, and that is to not allow the only factor separating us from baseball this year To be money. Is that fair to ask? Because not only would it infuriate people in these trying times, but it just wouldn't be a good look for the sport in my opinion. I agree with all of those who have said that. Especially, especially if other sports get started, which others have in the likes of golf, NASCAR, UFC, but I'm talking even the likes of the NBA and the NHL. If those two are to get started and baseball isn't because of money disputes, not a good look. I don't care how you spin it, and you risk losing even more fans if that happens. If they work past everything else, all other hurdles and factors for this, and the only thing separating this country from Major League Baseball is money? No, 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 no. They have to figure it out. I think that much is agreeable. And I get those who don't have faith in them coming to a compromise in this after the reports from this past week from officials and players and more, but if that's all it comes down to, they've got to figure it out. I think that much is agreeable. I mean, think of what having even some sort of baseball back in these dark times would do for so many, including myself, how great it would be to turn on the television and watch live baseball again. If money is the only thing separating us from that potential reality, I and many others are not going to be happy. I know that. That much I can tell you. If it gets to just that, money, they have to figure it out. Don't let us supporters and fans down, who, as my mom said, make sports what we make them by investing the money and the time that we do into it. Not all fans are great, obviously, but don't let us good ones down. And don't let those down who could possibly turn to baseball in the future and contribute to growing the game's popularity. Don't let us down. Figure it out, guys. Owners and players, it's easier for me to sand on the outside. I know that. But if it comes down to that, just the money, figure it out. Bite the bullet where necessary and get it done. As for now, though, I do think that that's a good spot to end. And of course, anything and everything major that happens this next week with this whole situation, we'll be talking about it on next week's episode. And I'll also be talking about it all in my social media as well. It happens, of course. Be sure to follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY, my Twitter at Mike Scudero, and my Instagram at Mike scuds 97 But I also don't want to forget the special announcement I promised you at the start of this episode. Now, with episode 50 of Yapping Yankees coming in only three weeks from today, as you know, I wanted to do something fun and special for both myself and for all of you, my amazing listeners and supporters. I haven't done this before, but I think it's going to be a blast. June 7th will be the day Yapping Yankees episode 50 releases, Sunday, June 7th. In honor of that, on Friday, June 5th at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will be going live on Instagram for a live Q&A with all of you. Again, I haven't done this before. And I may make this into somewhat of a habit in the future. I'll see how this first one goes. But I'm doing this for the first time in honor of episode 50. I'll continuously post reminders about this on social media, as well as constantly reminding you of all of this in the next two episodes of Yapping Yankees. And I am so excited for this. It's going to be a fun time. So again, me and you, Instagram Live on my Instagram, MikeScuds97, Friday, June 5th, 6 p.m. Eastern, live Q&A. Ask me anything, baseball, Yankees, any other sport, Any of my other interests like Star Wars, Marvel, I don't care. We are going to have some fun. Although I have plugged it a lot and we'll be plugging it again in a few minutes during the outro. Be sure to follow me on Instagram if you don't already. Although you should be already. (laughs) Follow me on there at MikeScuds97. M-I-K-E-S-C-U-D-S-97. But for now, that is all for episode 47 of Yapping Yankees today. A really long one. Thank you for sticking with me throughout all of it. One last shout out to Team Left Jab and Grunt Talks MLB. Team Left Jab features Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Be sure to go follow Team Left Jab on all social medias at Team Left Jab, and check out their great sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, iHeart, you name it, the list goes on. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab, guys. And our other shout out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Be sure to visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and go to the podcast section to see where they feature us at Yapping Yankees. Be sure to also follow the man behind the website, Darren, on Twitter at YankeesReport28. Special thanks to Darren and Grunt Talks MLB for joining in on the growth of Yapping Yankees. And also, as I've been doing since the whole COVID-19 pandemic started, I also want to give one last shout out to all of those fighting this virus on the front lines, selflessly, bravely, and tirelessly doing all they can to rid us of COVID-19. Doctors, nurses, first responders, police officers, the fire department, all healthcare workers, and so on. I want to extend my gratitude to all of you for your efforts at all times, but especially in these times. Thank you to each and every one of you. Be sure to also follow me on all social medias. You can find my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero. And also be sure to follow me on Instagram at MikeScuds97, especially for that Instagram Live that'll be going live on June 5th, again at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for the live Q&A. I do hope you SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify listeners enjoyed as always, as well as you YouTubers out there. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel and listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes. Episodes 34 all the way up to this one, episode 47, are available on YouTube, and episodes 33 all the way back to episode 1 are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Once again... Thank you, 3000, for listening. I'm Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, May 24th, when I come at you with episode 48 of Yapping Yankees. Again, guys, thank you for sticking with me through this long one. Until next Sunday, hang in there, be patient, stay safe, look out for your loved ones, and as I've also been saying, do not be a moron. (laughs) Have a good week, guys. I'll talk to you next Sunday. Take care.